0: All time to get some combo going once again for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. OakridgeFord.com. I'm Norm along with Mike. Happy Independence Day to my American brethren. Michael, it seems like it's been forever. Oh, I know. Oh, your your heart is melting.
1: I, I feel so <laughs> loved and, and happy. belated happy Canada Day for members of the Combo Nation. Yeah,
0: yeah and I, I was waiting for that. I didn't think you were going to add that to the mix, but uh, you know, I'm overjoyed now. It's been, what, uh, two weeks since two. we we were last together, still lamenting the Leafs' loss and um, keeping our fingers crossed that the Blue Blanc et Rouge didn't go all the way to win a 25th Stanley Cup and down 3 nothing to the Lightning in the Stanley Cup final, it looks like. They will not get that 25th Stanley Cup. Uh, uh, and let's, so my, let's be my, bratty my. and let's be petulant and let's be saucy and let's be a bunch of Whiny fans, uh, in the moments and rejoice in the fact that the Leafs' hated rival is about to fall flat in the final.
1: I, I am the king of Schadenfreude. I, 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 you know, I'm sorry, but uh, there is, and it has to, you know, for, for many members of Leaf Nation, you sort of have to be that because you can't take any joy in the success of your own franchise so you have to take joy in the demise of others
0: (laughs) it's true it it, it's 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 totally true um i you you know you and i do speak between shows and i'll ask you about the haves and you'll with an expletive respond you going back to the fandom mike i know that you just didn't want to see any success for the Habs regardless of of your animosity towards the Maple Leafs and this being a potential lesson for them mm-hmm. for me I'm just desensitized to it I don't know if it's my my age if it's the fact that I'm not working in sports on a daily basis but part of me wanted the Habs to succeed in the Stanley Cup final and even an even smaller part of me wanted them to win it so I could rub it in not necessarily uh the OGs and converts faces throughout the, the, the summer months, uh, but, you know, kind of use it as, as a there there on a lesson, um, a I told you so uh, directed towards the organization. Doesn't look like I'll get that chance, but we can still use this, um, you know, as a, uh, you know, an example uh, of how the Leafs have failed and um, even with all the hype and the pomp and the pageantry and the you know the expectation teams that you think you're better than if they work harder and are opportunistic will uh, go further than teams that have a ton of talent and uh, potential on paper but just can't get the job done
1: well i mean, that lesson that you're talking about to me is counterbalanced by the misery that you know every leaf fan had would will, would have from you know their hab friend Next door neighbors, people they work with, rubbing it in their faces that the Indians mm-hmm. won, you know, won the first Stanley Cup from a, by a Canadian team in 28 years. There, there's nothing, there's nothing that can equal that that misery and that annoyance. So that's why, like, I mean, you know, like, I wouldn't have a problem with say Calgary or Winnipeg winning a Stanley Cup because they're sort of innocuous franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Edmonton, you know, they've won their quota with uh, with Wayne Gretzky back in the 80s. You know, Vancouver, there's a just a natural hatred. Uh, I think that that bi coastal thing with Toronto and the Habs and then the Senators, they're they're members of the Canadian fraternity in the Atlantic Division. And I, I'm sorry, I, to me. I don't think anybody who can call themselves a true Leaf fan can be rooting for the Habs to win a Stanley Cup. This this thing of all unite behind the one Canadian team, bull crap. I'm sorry. It's like you know there are seven distinct fan bases in Canada, and if one, if members of one fan base start rooting for members for the team of the other. I think they're turncoats, but that you know that's that's just my opinion. But I, you know, I, I when I was a fan, I couldn't do it, and and I, I just don't understand it. Like I could not root for the Buffalo Sabers to mm-hmm. win a Stanley Cup if they're in a Stanley Cup final, and that's the city that I'm from. Because I'm sorry, that's not the team that I rooted for.
0: <laughs> Spoken so emphatically on Independence Day, turncoats. I, I love the term, Mike. Um, I'm sure I'm sure there have been some defectors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leaf fans who said they've had enough of the Habs, wanting to go to uh, become fans of other teams, and in particular the Canadians over the last month, and probably are now uh, regretting that decision and looking for a way to weasel their way, um, you know, back back into uh, Leafs society. Well, you know, right. but my, just one more thing. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: Leaf fan base is so divisive. So I don't necessarily feel a kinship or a friendship or a camaraderie with a lot of Leaf fans because mm. let's let's face it, um, Le- a lot of Leaf fans hate each other. There's a complete dislike, yeah. and there's a disagreement uh, on the philosophy that this team should employ to um, achieve that success. Well, so, so, so I'm saying when the Leafs aren't able to be successful y- using the the method. Uh, of the day what where i'm coming from is okay well i i, to- I told a total so a fucking a total so so well, if the leafs hated rival can win a stanley cup and not be nearly as good but play a style of hockey we think um actually uh, produces results in the playoffs then not, it's not good for us it's good for them and it's it's good for us in terms of uh a, a lesson learned in the end um and i, I still think the Leafs hopefully have learned a lesson from this. And that's where I'm coming from, not supporting the Habs, but kind of turning back and going, see, guys, this is not how you win. This is not how you win.
1: Well, I mean, the, the, there is there is a sectionalization of, of the Leaf fan base. I mean, if you want to, you know, a, the last three days, or, the, you know, me being the history buff that I am, that was the three days of the Battle of Gettysburg in uh, in Pennsylvania. And it's like, uh, well, there's definitely a section of the Leaf fan base that you would de- describe as the union and the other as the confederacy and they're at war with each other because of certain, certain things that we won't go into right now. But then, you know, after the war, they come back, they come together as mm-hmm. one whole United States. So I, you know, I mean, I, I, I just look, I just look at this whole situation. And you know, I give credit to the Canadians. They came back from 3-1 against the Leafs. The Leafs were responsible for that loss. You know, the Habs benefited from them. they they did what they needed to do, but the but the Leafs didn't. And that's the reason why Montreal got the got the impetus to then beat Winnipeg and then beat Vegas. I don't know if the Leafs would have beaten Vegas. Maybe they could have, maybe they couldn't have. Uh, but I do know that Tampa is the best team yep. in, in in the playoffs. They are um you know they're destroying the Habs right now. Uh, and one thing that uh, I, I did this as an as an interesting little exercise. Um, the Habs have no former Leafs on their roster, none. Mm-hmm. Nobody who's ever played for the Leafs before is on the Canadian or on the Canadians right now. Uh, Tampa Bay does. if Tampa Bay wins, which they probably are going to, that will mark, And I only went back to the beginning of the century, 20, uh, right. 2000, there has been an X-Leaf on every Stanley Cup champion, either before they played for the Leafs or after they played for the Leafs, an X-Leaf on every single team in the 21st century. And if I look at that look at my blog on hockey buzz, but you know going back going to Victor Stahlberg in 2013 for Chicago, or Travis Boyd with Washington in 2018, or now this year Luke Shen with his, will win his second cup, and so will Curtis McElhaney. uh you know every every team had an X leaf and that you know that's great for them, but not great for the team that they formerly or futurely, if that's a word played
0: for. Joe Shedler, I don't mesh well with many Leaf fans. Way too emotional, hold grudges too long, can't see the logic. That's what Not a fan. That's what a fan is about. Um, our 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 friends, and uh, you know our compatriots are guilty of it, and and, and so are we. How uh, illogical were fans? Um, in, in their uh, disdain for the team, uh, certain players after the Leafs uh, blew that 3-1 series lead to the Habs. And then um, as, as time goes on, we start thinking a little straighter. And now we get back to the drawing board, um, you know, as fans uh, in, in terms of, um, you know, uh reassessing and reorganizing our relationship with the team and 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 that's what we're doing there's a a collective sigh of relief that it looks like the Leafs rival is not going to win a Stanley Cup and we're not going to have to hear um Habs fans go on about this divine right Uh, however um fans can still stick it to um other fans that their team went further. I mean,
1: I mean, Habs fans are going to have the the advantage on Leaf fans no matter what because they beat the Leafs in the playoffs. I mean, everybody everybody realizes that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they would have the last laugh if they if the if they did win the cup. So you know that's that's why I think the the motivation for most Leaf fans is to see uh, the Habs go down in painful defeat. Uh, and you know and, and and relish in that so that they they can say well we didn't lose we we lost to you but we didn't you didn't win a cup so you
0: know enjoy <laughs> they still have four chances to to win that cup down 3 nothing to the lightning in it, um with uh, game 4 tonight in uh, montreal so uh, throughout the, the the season and all of the podcasts we were able to produce we were we would talk about the leafs and um and how they stack up with the north and mm-hmm. how uh, we think they would have done versus the top teams throughout the league clearly um more of a concept and an idea uh and a projection because obviously the canadian teams were confined to playing each other mm-hmm. but we, we would ask how toronto would stack up against tampa and, and we would draw similarities to the game being f- high, high high octane offense with, with lots of with lots of skill lots of speed um and and if if the leafs could draw you know draw some of the details from tampa's playbook uh beyond what they already had they you know that would benefit them well, Here we are, Tampa. Tampa's uh, 60 minutes of, of winning hockey away from their second straight cut. Mm-hmm. What, no matter the Leafs' failure in the first round, what do the Leafs have that Tampa has? And uh, more importantly, uh, what, what does Tampa have that's put it over the edge almost twice now that the Leafs um, won't have when they start the season uh, and will have to develop?
1: Well remember before they made and you can't un, you can't uh, minimize the effect that uh, the players that they added uh, before the season last year and during the year that got them their first Stanley Cup. Uh, Tampa Bay added Blake Coleman, who scored that fantastic goal in game two. Uh, Barkley, Goudreau. They traded the equivalent of three first-round picks. I think it was Nolan, uh, uh, Nolan Foote, Foot, uh, a first-round pick for Coleman and a first-round pick for Goudreau. That's you know that's a that's pain through the nose. And the reason they paid through the nose is because their salaries were low. But they added those two players. They signed they signed Zach Nagoshi off the termination contract from Buffalo at the, near the end of the year near the deadline, and they brought in Pat Pat Maroon. So they, after losing to Columbus, and Columbus played the way Columbus played against the Leafs, which was physical, defensive, uh, you know, and you have a really talented offensive team, but that could be shut down by physical hockey. The Lightning management, led by uh, first Steve Eiserman and then Julian Brisebois, added sandpaper. Added that other other aspect, making that team multidimensional. And if you've seen what they've done in the playoffs this year, they can play a shutdown game. If you want to play that game, they can play that game. And they can play a wide open offensive game. They can, they're they're, the multifaceted Toronto can play the wide open game. They've gotten better at playing the shutdown game, but they're not really good at it. And they, and we've seen, you know, instances and, and we've seen, there are not many instances in this playoff where Tampa Bay has just checked out and then they've just not shown up. And we know what the, what happened in game 5, 6 and 7. The Leafs didn't show up for the first period in game 5, didn't show up for the first half of the game in game 6, and then game 7 they didn't show up at all. And that's, you know, that's inexcusable, but that's what Tampa Bay did. They they assembled the they they put together the missing pieces and they put together a perfect engine.
0: That's and, what a winner does, Mike. They, right. they won. They won last year in 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 front of in front of no one, uh, a, a wacky tournament that uh, was put together uh, w- we, with the intention of just capping a, a season that was uh, cut off abruptly because of COVID. People would look at it and go, "That doesn't even really count." But for Tampa, go, going through that grind um, not only um, produced hardware for the organization again what the second Stanley Cup for the for the organization um, but gave them uh, gave gave them uh, you know the ability to walk taller skate taller played like it the entire season in that um, semifinal against uh, the Islanders you know going seven games
1: that might have been the true Stanley Cup final
0: yeah That's grinding true. grinding that grinding that out um and then going into game seven go we're the champions this is our thing this is our jug we're not going to let a group of uh hard workers that we know is you know potentially overachieving beat us and and they they got through that game seven and they've just they've run roughshod um over the halves do you seeing what you've um what the what the tampa bay lightning have done uh, on, on route to what we believe is going to be a second straight Stanley Cup, and that's like that puts this team in the um, you know in the same company as the Blackhawks and uh, Penguins. Penguins. Yeah, pe- Penguins for sure. <laughs> Do you think the Leafs would have even had a chance against? against
1: I think they, I think they would have fared better than Montreal had. Okay, because, because Montreal is 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 one dimensional in the sense that they have to play. I mean, look what look at their winning formula has been: mm-hmm. the first goal play shutdown, counterattack, let the other team open themselves up and then take advantage. That's great if you can get the first goal. They're 0-3 in terms of getting the first goal against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, I think their game plan is go balls out in the first 5-10 minutes, get the lead, and then they don't know what the hell to do. Uh, The Leafs, you know, they have the ability to come back because they have good offensive players. I just don't know if they defensively – I think, in a way, Tampa, if they were playing Toronto, would be playing more shutdown because they know that's a game that Toronto is not comfortable playing. They have to play it, but they're not comfortable playing it. So, you know, let's just say this. If Montreal gets swept, the Leafs could lose in five or lose in maybe Mm -hmm. six. But they're not in the same league as Tampa. Tampa is – now, this is is the reality. This team – is not going to be the same team next year. They've got cap issues, you know, unless one of their players goes under, like, season-lengthy surgery like uh, happened with Kucherov this year. They're going to lose a couple really <laughs> important players. So but that's t- the
0: point. That's the point. While, while the, the going is good, while everybody's on board, while the accounting can continue to make sense, go win your Cups.
1: Mm-hmm. And And you know what? I don't understand the people out there, fans out there, that are pissed off at Tampa Bay for what they, I guess, deem as cap circumvention Um, because their payroll is like $98 million. Well, okay. Kucherov did have surgery. He was, he was out. He was out. Who's yeah.
0: upset about it? Who's complaining? Well, no, right? it's,
1: it's the fan bases of the <laughs> other teams whose management wasn't willing to do that. The one thing, <laughs> the one thing I'll say about the Leafs, they, of babies. They, were, they, they were going down the same road. I mean, you know, they they had to trade Nick Foligno through another team to get his salary to fit. They had players that were injured. I mean, the Leafs are willing to do that. The problem is that their one team is getting the results and the other team isn't. Maybe.
0: If, if we think the Leafs would have fared better against the uh, Lightning than the Habs, and this just came down to the top players not performing to their capability nor their expectation, mm-hmm. as much as we, as much as we have to eat this, uh, we we and it's, and it's not um, you know it's clearly not uh, doesn't taste good, but we have to digest this we have to confront that the Leafs just the core guys just weren't mature enough at that point and it, this may be a, a painful part of the process in um, uh, alt- achieving that ultimate success. If the Leafs have the ta- had the talent to at, at least take um, Tampa you know a little deeper than you know a team like the Habs, it's clearly because the Leafs just aren't weren't mature enough to to dig deep. And, and put a team like the Habs away uh, when they had the opportunity because they clearly had the talent and we we know that if, looking back on, on you know on the forensics of, of that um you know that 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 fatal series against the Habs it wasn't because the defense stunk uh, or Jack Campbell not playing at, at least uh, pro, you know professional, uh, up to you know professional standards, it yep. was the top guys just not rising to the occasion. So if yeah, you I... look at that, Mike, mm-hmm. you have to you have to chalk it up to, uh, and, and these are young cats with lots of talent. And if they went to other teams, I'm sure they would kill it there. They just weren't mature enough to to stare that um, that adversity in the face and overcome it.
1: It was a, it was a domino effect. I mean, in the end. It is what we, you know, everybody in the chat is saying the big guys didn't come up, but the, the contributing factors were the Tavares injury. Yeah. And then Muzzin getting hurt in game six. I mean, it's like, you know, it just seemed like a domino effect that, you know, then it was it was putting the focus all on two or three players and, uh, you know, the two big players, Matthews and Marner, didn't come through. But now we have to look forward into
0: what's going to happen in the offseason and yep. How they prepare for for next season? Okay, so uh, that that preparation <clears throat> has already begun. It'll mm-hmm. uh, it, it will come under more of a, a microscope and a spotlight once this Stanley Cup final has completed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the preparations will be affected by the expansion draft uh, and uh, you know any uh, early. Contracts that uh, Kyle Dubas is able to uh, solidify with with players it just happened with Wayne Simmons. Um, we have to just right out of the gate um, accept and embrace M- Mitch Marner and uh, Austin Matthews. Well, Austin Matthews for sure, but Mitch Marner will return to the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're, like we, we we can't every day do a podcast or get on social media ginning up a false expectation or this false idea that Mitch Marner could be dealt at, at any minute because, you know, he he was the, the the sole reason the Leafs didn't win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. The, the The changes are going to happen around these guys again, again, the same way they did in the past. Those were successful changes. With this core group uh, having the capability for as much as we're still pissed off about what has happened, we've got to look forward to uh, mm-hmm. what may happen next. And if it's all part of the matura- maturation process, then, uh, dare I say, um, you know, results in the future uh, may be uh, a little bit um, closer to uh, being achieved uh, than they have in the past.
1: Well, specifically on the Simmons, because we talked about the uh, the uh, Spezza re-signing, and that was a fait accompli. We knew that Spezza was coming back. He had a oh. great year. Oh. He wants to be part of the solution with the with the Leafs. He wants to, you know, he wants to be here when they when they carry the Stanley Cup. I don't know if he can play until he's sixty, but uh, uh, but. That you know, I, I I I admire Jason Spezza for his dedication in terms of wanting to you know lengthen his career, play in Toronto, and help the Leafs recruit players and, and help in terms of his performance on the ice because he had a great season last year. But Wayne Simmons, I, I heard some people criticizing that. I think it's a good deal. Um, they gave him he his cap hit is nine hundred thousand, which is not insignificant, but it's below the amount that can be buried in the American Hockey League if he's all of a sudden drops off the face of the earth. And I think before the wrist injury, he was extremely effective. He, mm-hmm. he was out six weeks. When he came back, he really couldn't fight anymore because of the wrist injury. He he admitted in his media availability he was having trouble handling the puck, and he only scored two goals in, I think, 21 games after the injury. He had scored two goals in the game that he broke the wrist, and then he only scored two goals mm-hmm. after that. So – but I think his physicality was always apparent. He was part of that uh, in the playoffs. They need that. They need that veteran leadership. I think he worked well with the other players. So it's a good signing. It's a you know, I mean, they are going to need more of those. Probably two or three more depth players. Now I, I think they're going to mix in more youngsters this year. You know, Nick Robertson's yep. going to get in the mix. Uh, maybe Joey Anderson in a fourth line role. Adam <laughs> Adam Brooks. Uh, but you know they they need you know having Simmons there with Spezza on that fourth line with a, with a young player I think is a, is a good good thing and they also can mix and mix these guys in through an 82 game schedule they may not play all those games
0: so what can the Leafs do to to improve continue the um, you know the evolution of the organization and not do anything that uh, is controversial
1: well i mean i see the thing is i mean uh, i think they need to do something impactful to to change the narrative because so how
0: would you but how would you do that that, wow. like, i mean we talked about moving out nylander and i know a lot of the fan base wants to move out Marner because again right. you know uh Mar- nylander appears to be at a high because he had a great playoff Marner appears to be at a low because he had a sh- shitty playoff
1: well, this is the, this is where this is where the problem is because right now all you're hearing is, well, maybe they'll come back with this guy or maybe they'll come back with that guy. Even to the point that you know, well, Freddie Anderson is open to re-signing with the Leafs. Yeah, if the Leafs offer him probably the same amount of money that he was making before. Well, the Leafs can't really do that i mean and they don't really want to do that now um you know so it came, it came out last week that freddie anderson is in, is you know there's mutual interest there in him coming back but they're not talking money yet and if it's five million dollars it's not going to happen that what,
0: what what impact again in terms of what impact does his return or not coming uh returning have on what we're talking about and what the leafs are trying to accomplish
1: Well, the impact is better the devil that you know than the devil that you don't. I mean, they think that if they think $5 million
0: for a backup.
1: No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is that the, the only way he would come back if he's not making $5 million. But the thing is, is that if they're saying they're open to him coming back, that means that they're reading the landscape of the goaltenders in the market. And they don't think that there's an improvement out there at less money. I mean, you know, I've, we've talked about, you know, Braden Holtby and Darcy Kemper and a few other, you know, names that might be out there either in free agency or by trade. Um, but it depends on what the they, – they may have touched base with Vancouver, and Vancouver wants a second-round pick for Braden Holpe, and he's only under contract for one more year. And Darcy Kemper, he's making $4 million, but he gets hurt all the time. And, you know, that that's the thing is that they're weighing their options in terms of, you know, uh, what uh, addition they can make or what situation they can have in goal and what would be the best. And if they, if they could get Freddie Anderson – at 3 million bucks like somebody was suggesting in the in the chat then i think they would resign him for two from you know two he,
0: he's okay watching games
1: but well i i actually think the thing is i mean i think the realization here is that jack campbell may not be able to be a 60 game goaltender that they if they're going to go with campbell as the future goalie which they might um, or they're looking at a tandem here, then they're probably looking at, you know, say Anderson or some other goalie playing 40 and Campbell playing 40. And that's, you know, I mean, that you're seeing that more and more often. I mean, one of the things with Montreal this year is that, uh, you know, Jake Allen, because of injury, played more games than Carey Price. So, you know, you saw Sorokin and, uh, and Barlamov with the Islanders. You saw Shashurkin and, and Georgiev with the uh, hmm. – with the Rangers. So it's more common now with load management and all these analytics and things of that nature that backup goaltenders are not backups anymore. They're one B's and they're gonna play a lot more games.
0: It's quiet, it's it's a it's quietly impactful. It, it, and the focus just hasn't been on the goaltending. Mm-hmm. And if he can if the Kyle Dubas can quietly settle that down and and have a tandem in place that the fan base will be comfortable with whomever uh, is in that that given night? I'm sure they'll figure it out. I mean what we're what we're wondering is is how um, changes made up front um, will relate to our mood when the next season starts, whether it's um, a belief we're in for more of the same or after the debacle and the disappointment, um, you know, dusting ourselves off emotionally and, and physically and spiritually, um, plus the the new moves that have been made, give us reason to believe that that won't be for naught. And what's to come uh, will allow us to 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 forget um, for, forget the failure and yep. embrace uh, potential success ahead. Well,
1: we we all know the well-known phrase that the definition of insanity is repeating the same thing over yeah. and over again. So it's like that's that's,
0: that's us because we repeat ourselves. After right.
1: every and that's and that's why like I've been a proponent of trading of trading Neander, uh, because okay. not because he's not a good player, but because I think they need other things in different areas, and he by trading him it opens up. Can, the cap. can
0: I ask you a question? And I know I, again I don't mean to cut you off. I just want to add something here. Yeah. So there's a there's a feeling Jack Campbell is not a sixty. 60- plus game player over a regular season meaning he's he can't be a starter whether that's uh his health and, and that's um and whether that's his inability to 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 be locked in for a long period of time um just historically him being uh typecast as a, as a backup
1: i think uh, it's health related more than anything but
0: uh, for for sure health related if if completely healthy could he be be a number one guy does he have that capability that has yet to be seen he yeah. may get this opportunity now uh, at freddie anderson um uh, off spelling him with nylander mm-hmm. does he have the capability to be a game one to game 82 superstar and and pick up 80 90 points and do what marner did because marner didn't take any really any time off in the regular season never has he, he, the, the, the reason everyone hates his guts is because he's not a playoff performer. Um, Austin Matthews uh, didn't rise to the next level either, but it's Marner that's really, really getting shit on because Austin Matthews, he is the, a generational talent, we believe, and he is a, a, a guy that has a, you know, a lot of fans and, and he um, has a, a, good, a good reputation in social media. Marner does not. With Nylander, There's a belief that, well, you know, just put him alongside Matthews. uh, He'll easily fit fit in and take over uh, the minutes that Marner had. Is William Nylander a full-season superstar? Yeah, He hasn't shown us that he he can be that guy. And if he were to take over for Marner, because Marner's been ditched magically for, for three players that would fit in perfect to the Leafs lineup, isn't that a lot of pressure to put this guy under?
1: Well, if 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 he's capable of that, as you say, one through eighty-two superstar or high-level player, I haven't seen it. He's a very good player, and he has streaks where. That's he's all I'm
0: saying. That's yeah. all I'm asking.
1: Yeah, he has streaks where he is unbelievable, but then he disappears. Or then he makes defensive giveaways. Now you That's know it's
0: unbelievable, though. This unbelievable, like well, I've I mean, yeah,
1: never seen this
0: kind of hockey for no, guys. You know, it's
1: just just being just playing at the high end. No,
0: again, again, but I know that the word like it's, it's just it's but, outrageous.
1: But playing at the high end of his no, time. I know, I know, don't, I don't. but 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 the thing is, you have to you have to also say that you know. For all the great, you know, Marner was named first team NHL all-star right winger, the best right winger in the game over Mark Stone, over, you know, and what happened in the playoffs? He didn't show up. So, you know, it's like with, with, with Leaf fans. Matthews I
0: mean, wasn't much better. Matthew. And Matthew,
1: right. And he was number, he was <laughs> really right. But I, I'm just but saying. everybody
0: loves Matthews, so it's okay. Remember, it's such a contradiction. It's ridiculous, man. Right.
1: Anyway. Uh, so, But, but no, th- I mean, this is the thing that we're going to have to, like, track over the next few weeks because, I mean, the next three or four weeks, I mean, you're going to have the expansion draft. You're going to have the NHL draft. There are going to be a number of trades. As soon as the Stanley Cup final ends, there, you're going to see a bunch of trades, you know, likely brought on by cap uh, situations and by the expansion draft. Uh, and then free agency starts on July 28th. I mean, there is talk right now, the Anderson stuff that I mentioned. The contracts that happened over the last week might be the indicator of where the Leafs could go regarding Zach Hyman. The Ryan Nugent Hopkins deal in uh, in Edmonton and the Joel Erickson-Eck deal in Minnesota. Um, teams were loath, unless it was somebody like Connor McDavid, to give out an eight-year, con- eight-year max contract. Um, Now the reality is with the cap being flat the next three or four years to get the AAV down to a low enough amount that makes it make, make sense for teams, they're trading off term for AAV. So, Nugent Hopkins who was making 6 million dollars on his last deal is making 5.1 on his new deal with Edmonton. What they did was they gave him the 8th year, they gave him the no move clause and they spread and they they uh, used that 8th year to spread out the AAV and lower it to uh, to make it an amount uh less than what Drysdale and McDavid are making and now it gives them room to uh, make some moves. And the same thing with old Eric Sinek. He had one good year. He's a young player, 24 years old. He scored 19 goals last year. Now he's making 5.25 mm-hmm. 5 for eight years. The cap hit would have been more uh, if you if they had signed him for five or six, but to give him eight, it spreads it out. Now, why I'm bringing this up, Hyman, Zach Hyman is an important player on this team. Very important. But the reality here is the Leafs cannot pay him five million dollars. He's a role player. He's an excellent role player. He's a two-way player. He's a penalty killer. He's a good complement to Matthews and Marner. All those things, but they can't. This is the problem with the forty million dollar four-player core. You can't play. You can't pay another player five million dollars when you're paying Riley and Muzzin and Brody. You know, they, they, there's just so much with the cap being flat. Um the only way that the Leafs can maybe fit this in is by offering Hyman a, a year more yes. than being offered by somebody else. if he's being offered five million, I did the calculation. If he's offered five million for for uh, five years, uh, which is 25 million dollars, mm-hmm. and the Leafs could offer him 4.2 at six years and he's getting the same amount of money. So I mean that's that's where this term for AAV situation is going to break down, and and players might be willing to take less, but not really to stay in the places where they want to stay. And I, it's all a question. You know, Zach Hyman has made two and a quarter million dollars the last four years. He's been a great leaf. Nobody begrudges him going out and getting the best offer. That he can get, I, I you know, if he does, I, you know, no, I, I wish him all the luck in the world. Um, but if the Leafs can offer him the same amount of money and they just uh, lower the lower the AAV, and he, I know that he has said in the past that he wants to stay in Toronto, then that might be a mechanism for the Leafs get, bringing him back. What value do you think management puts on him? Um, I think a lot because, first of all, Kyle Dubis, Kyle Dubas is known. Zach yep. Hyman, there's that. Going, going back, going back to when Zach Hyman was uh, playing. I think uh, I don't know if it was Junior B or some lower level hockey before he went to the University of Michigan. And then he was his advisor because you can't have an agent if sure. you're in CAA. He was his advisor. He he was. I assume he was the one who got the Leafs to trade for his rights from Florida back in the day. Uh, and but now, but now, now, what
0: was, value do they put on? But well, this Zach is Zach Hyman being a part of this team, taking that next step,
1: right? And then here, but here's the, here's the issue. As much as they love Zach Hyman, as much as they um, they appreciate his worth to the team and the game, the way he plays the mm-hmm. game, he's a 29 year old forward who's had two knee injuries, and he plays a rough style of game. Yep. And when he starts to lose a step, then you know, that's going to make him less effective. So they have to balance that with the importance that he has to the team. Now, five years down the line, this might be a bad contract. But you can't think, I mean, do you think Edmonton's thinking about five, six, seven years down the line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins? They're thinking about the here and the now uh, needing the player. And then you worry about that when the cap hopefully is going up to a hundred million in six years. So, I mean, and, and, and it's not only Hyman, it's also Morgan Riley, Morgan, Morgan Riley's entering the final year of his contract. Uh, I think it was Pierre LeBron that said that there is mutual interest. Riley wants to stay in Toronto. The Leafs want him. Um, But again, He's 27. I would give him – if it's a defenseman, I'm giving him an eight-year deal. I, I have to. If we're all,
0: how are you going to replace Morgan Riley? Right.
1: That's, a, that's the whole issue. It's like, I mean, to so, replace him with a Dougie Hamilton will cost
0: you $8 million
1: a year. So, you
0: know? And that's the thing, right? We, um, <laughs> A lot of times we just want to take the guys that we know and that we're getting bored of and replace them with new guys who are about the same or perhaps even – uh, are, are, are give less but they're new and they're they're shiny uh and uh who doesn't like a good trade and who doesn't like a good signing the thing is the Leafs have kind of um uh, committed all of these big signings and and the, the the big splash those those things have been done we've been a part of them we've celebrated them the the key now is 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 um it's it's Constructing the rest of the team are around these cats, and and where where we have to um, reconcile the process for, forward with how things have gone in the past is, it's not like the Leafs have done this r- wrong except for maybe overpaying guys. But th- the Leafs aren't the first team to to overpay big stars based on on on, on previous years. They the Leafs brought in complementary players for their top guys they tried to solidify the defense which seemed to work last season the goaltending was what it was they found money um in jack campbell the stars who had were paid all the money and who had all of the support built around them did not come through right so we have to chalk this up as painful as it is to accept to another season of growth another season of failure that you hope will amount to success down the line because these guys will get sick of fucking failing every season so here we are in this position now wondering how the hell we we alter it and tweak it to to make it better i'm telling you right now the way the way this team is at this point is not going to look dissimilar to the team that starts the next season there will be some changes and you know mike you brought you highlighted the the whole conundrum with, with Zach Hyman, he's probably going to end up on another team um, based on, you know, his year, his, his uh, uh, you know, want to get paid, his, his ability to get paid based on what he's done. Mm-hmm. But a rough and tumble guy at 29, uh, I'm sure there's another player coming through the pipeline that the Leafs can bring in to f- fill the minutes that Zach filled. Or perhaps there's a, a, a player within the organization that they can... Um,
1: or groomed
0: to take Hyman's place. Just just a few more minutes, Mike. You can uh, lay it out for us. OG's Conference, thank you so much for the chat. We see ya. Mike and I are just getting caught up. We're like long-lost buddies who, who who want to uh, exhaust uh, a lot of emotion and a lot of um, conversation. So that's what we're doing. Mike, how about it?
1: Well, I mean, yes. I mean, the, if, if the sad reality of them being unable to re-sign Hyman occurs, then... I would think that you know there's there's talk about the Leafs being interested. There was talk about the Leafs being interested in Connor Garland from Arizona before the deadline uh, because he was making less than eight hundred thousand dollars last year, and he's the leading Mm -hmm. scorer for Arizona. He he's not the same type of player as Hyman, but he's a very good player. And you know there's some chatter out there about uh, him uh, being a target of the Leafs. I mean, the thing is, if Hyman leaves. Um, then it may be Nick Felino who they re-signed because the, 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 talk is, is that, you know, it was, I was assumed Felino was going to go back to Columbus. but What, now, was,
0: what would Felino, I was about to say Salino and Barnes, um, but <laughs> did you ever have them represent you, Mike, back in your Yeah, head? yeah, all the time. Uh, <laughs> Not when they flying airplanes though, but. <laughs> the turf wars of, uh, Tonto, North Tonawanda yeah, in the true. 80s, um. But wouldn't wouldn't Felino make the same kind of money that uh, no. Hyman is would be expecting?
1: No, I mean that's that's the thing. It's like Felino is thirty-three years old. Um he's coming off a year with you know where he was traded from Columbus, where he's injured. Um now clearly from the indications out there, he wants to re sign with Toronto because um there was talk about him going back to Columbus, but Columbus. That's a
0: rebuild right there.
1: Yeah. Clearly, clearly with them hiring Brad Larson and more than likely them losing, you know, more okay. players that he, he may not see a future there. Uh, he wants to win a Stanley cup. He's never won a Stanley cup. So again, add that to the group. Okay. Yeah.
0: With the Leafs.
1: Right. But, but
0: but, but, but the, he's got injury issues too. So, but, yeah, but, but he's
1: it. got the ability. He's got the ability to play both wing and center. So he's got some versatility there. And, you know, we haven't talked about the expansion draft, but the the assumption here, uh, and, and it all depend on what the Leafs do in terms of protecting. Whether they go eight skaters and one goalie, or seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie. I think they're going to go eight skaters because they don't want to risk the risk losing Justin Hall, uh, who's making two million bucks for another two years. Uh, they don't want to risk losing him for nothing. Um, I think they're gonna go if you know, so protect the top four defensemen, protect the, the core four forwards and Campbell, and that will expose you know guys like Simmons and Spezza, but more than likely Seattle's not gonna take them because they're older or you know, they I think they I think they know like Simmons signed to play at home in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Spezza threatened to retire if he was claimed off of waivers last year. They don't want those guys, they want younger guys, they want guys that they can build with. Dave Haxtall is the head coach in Seattle. He coached Travis Dermott. Mm-hmm. The possibility they pick Dermott because he's a young defenseman. He's only 24 years old. Um, the, I think the, 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 like, the likelier chance is, is that they claim Alex Kerfoot. If they claim Kerfoot, that will be one of their top three centers. He's from the Pacific Northwest. He's from Vancouver. Um, the Leafs might even offer a little bit of a sweetener. T- because that's three and a half million dollars. You know, not that he's not a, 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 an effective player, but they need fl- the, the one thing that you you know I keep saying about you know them trading Neilander or trading somebody mm-hmm. is they have no cap flex flexibility at all. Mm-hmm. The trade that uh, Nashville made with uh, with LA a couple days ago, where they traded uh, uh, Arvidsson to, uh, to to the Kings for a couple draft picks, that was purely because. They had a $4.5 million cap hit, and they needed to clear space to make moves. So, that you know, the Leafs are probably, if they don't get uh, Kerfoot claimed by Seattle, may end up trading Kerfoot just to get flexibility.
0: Mm, int- intriguing. Guys, I'm not conceding the Leafs' ability to improve this team between now and when the puck drops on the next season. But the way it's looking, we are going to have to grin and bear the the core co- returning and get behind them once again. when When the playoffs started, other than people who just traditionally dislike Mitch Marner, um, there was a sense of optimism that this was going to be a big playoff for, for guys like him and Austin Matthews. They just didn't come through two, three, four more bowls from those guys. And the presence of uh, 91, will at least most likely beat the Hats. They didn't. They fell apart. They shit the bed. They were afraid of their own shadow. They lost their nerve. If, if these cats can't grow from that, uh, another failure, more disappointment uh, as, these, as they enter their prime, then, you know, sh- shame on them. But there's really nothing else we can we can uh, do or expect. Um, I, and I'm, again, I'm not I'm not saying, Mike, that, that this team is effed. It's pro- probably going to be a, a top 10 team next year based on all the talent. And if everybody stays healthy, remember, these guys are, are great players. Uh, and the idea that Mitch Marner is only a regular season guy. Well, guess what? 82 regular him. season games to endure him. Between um, the start of the season and the next opportunity for him to prove his worth, and I would rather him number 16 come out and put up another uh, three-digit uh, point campaign, and you know play with reckless abandon if they can, and um, Austin Matthews win another Rocket Rashard, and then we'll get to that point. But I'm telling you, Marner's going to be back. Matthews obviously. Um, Tavares is hope for his health, and that's something we have not addressed. Let's we we the guy was concussed. There could be some lingering issues there for him. We may never see the same JT again. And then with, with William Nylander, sure, um, his, his contract seems movable, um, but w- what the hell are you going to bring back? And, and I just don't think Kyle Dubas, at this point of um, his uh, his tenure with the Leafs and with so much pressure on him, um, turning away from, from the player of wax uh, that he's put everything, uh, you know, put, you know, almost um, – you know, his entire organizational philosophy into. Last word to you, Mike.
1: Yeah, it seems to fly in the face of, like, all the indications out there. um, I mean, from guys like Elliot Friedman and CJ, Chris Johnson, um, that there was some some impactful consequence move that's going to be made. It's like I don't know how they make that if they bring back all four forwards if they, you know, I mean, I, I don't see it. I mean, are they going to trade Morgan Riley? Well, I, you know, that uh, he wants to be here and they want him here. So you would not think that, and I don't see them trading any of the other defensemen. So that that's where I'm a little confused. Now they could trade a young player and bring in somebody and have the team retain salary or things of that nature. I mean, that's, you know, there there are going to be so many cap uh, calisthenics that will be done uh, to fit things in, but uh, I will be very curious to see what moves uh, are made. I mean, we're we're seeing already Duncan Keith may go to Edmonton. Um, whether something like that happens with the Leafs, not Duncan Keith, but I mean, saying a veteran player coming in, um, you know, somebody with three Stanley Cups like Keith who could show them the way. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I just I just know that last year didn't work because of everything we discussed. I don't see bringing back most of the same team it having a different effect. That might be the opinion of, you know, that they bring back Galchenyuk and they bring back Felino and they bring back Bogosian and they just add a couple kids that that will make the difference. I don't know. I mean, like, like I said, repeating this the same thing over and over, you're going to get the same
0: result. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's not like management can ho- make wholesale changes to this roster. This roster has to change itself. Has to change its perspective, uh, cha- change the way it operates. And that change comes through experience. Um, that change comes through maturity. That change comes through opportunity. They've had the experience, you're expecting maturity and the opportunity is ahead of it. Uh, and we'll we'll be here to discuss uh, every little thing that happens. Guys Oakridgeford.com, if you're local, lots of great pre-owned cars. Not too much uh, new stock right now, but it looks like the floodgates are going to be opening uh, right across the auto industry here uh, in the next few weeks, few months. So I can certainly help you out with that. We do appreciate your support with the podcast. Uh, We're going to do some more swag coming up real soon. I don't know um, if you guys have any ideas on colors or designs or something like that. Send that to the community. Uh, Mike and I will be doing a show every Sunday. But depending on uh, what happens at 40 Bay, we may throw a a midweek show into the mix. Uh, We're we're not going anywhere. If you don't see us for a couple of days, it's because, you know, like the Leafs and like everyone else, we're trying to take a bit of a break, too. But Leafs combo forever, right, Mike?
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll try to do as many shows as we can. But with my cosmopolitan lifestyle, I don't know if I can fit it in.
0: And, And I see you at every single Blue Jays game.
1: Yeah, well, no. I mean, it's it's funny because I went to I I've I've gone to two Blue Jays games in Buffalo, uh, the Astros game, which I basically melted at because I was sitting in the four four rows away from the field, and I had to go to the the first Yankees Blue Jays game, and mm-hmm. you know, the thing is. They're never going to be back in Buffalo hope you know knock on wood hopefully there's never another pandemic you know the fact that they played two years in Buffalo and we've had as many major league games as we have has been fantastic and now fans have been able to see it and to be able to see the Yankees and the Blue Jays play at at uh, what's now called Salem field. It's been named a different number of different names um, is fantastic. But the reality is, is that the, to- the clock is ticking when the border opens and the Ontario government allows more than 5,000 fans at Rogers center. They're going to be back there and we have to enjoy it while it lasts.
0: You used to go to all those Buffalo Braves games too, right?
1: Oh yeah. I was, I was a big fan of the Braves when I was nine years old.
0: <laughs> oh geez. Commerce. Thanks so much, Mike. Talk to you soon.
1: Thanks, Mark.